Have you ever asked yourself, am I a bad therapist? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Allie Joy, licensed professional counselor and board certified art therapist. And I'm Katherine Scare, a clinical psychologist, and this is Am I a Bad Therapist? Join us each week for stories from behind the closed therapy door. You'll hear experiences that made us ask, am I a bad therapist? Including bloopers, jaw droppers, and other difficult moments that normalize the unique struggles of modern day therapists. This is a space with no experts, no gurus, and no hierarchies, just humans sitting in similar chairs. And while we're not the gatekeepers for good and bad therapy, because we're bad therapists too, we are here to shine a light on the difficult decisions therapists face on a daily basis and to normalize that mysterious gray area of clinical practice that no one wants to talk about. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So we know many of us as therapists are trying to grow our presence online. There's lots of therapists on Instagram and TikTok. Therapy TikTok is such a thing. But what happens when the tables are turned and you stumble upon a video of your client on your For You page on TikTok? And it's not just your client showing a get ready with me video or practicing a new dance. This is your client talking about you and your work together in the therapy room, and not in a good way. I know. I can't imagine how I would respond in this situation, but we are going to hear from Kaylin, who handled it so well, was so insightful, very quickly, it sounds like, and they handled it very well. Catherine, how would you respond in this situation? Oh, I would have a ton of expletives and very unhealthy coping strategies. Yes, I would internalize it immediately. But again, Kaylin shares such a wonderful story. Her journey, her insight is impeccable. So stay tuned. And just a friendly reminder, as with all of our episodes, this is not a substitute for clinical consultation, therapy itself, or ethical guidance. All right. This is episode number 56 of Am I a Bad Therapist? Let's get into it. Kaylin, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Oh my goodness. And we are so excited to hear your story. But before we do, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So yeah, I'm Kaylin Kramer. I'm a clinical social worker. Um, been in the field for a little bit now, enough to, you know, I worked like in home with autistic and disabled folks for a while. And then I was a family preservation social worker for the Department of Social Services for a while. And then now I've landed in like a private practice situation with precision mental health doing virtual therapy. Um, and I think my belief, you know, that has been my foundation the whole time is just that every human deserves a safe space, you know, to not be judged. And I just try to my best to create that space wherever I can, whether it's like in sessions or social media or just out in public, you know. I love that. Love that. <laughs> so much. Oh my goodness. Well, that's a great, I love that intro so much. I feel like that's a, a nice, like, succinct, like, almost elevator pitch, perfect version of mm-hmm. what you do. I love that. I'm sorry, I'm getting very sidetracked by how much I love that. But tell us, what story are you going to share with us that made you question if you were a bad therapist? Oh, holy cow. Yeah, this uh, is a story that certainly had me questioning that. I am going to tell you about the time that, you know, I received some critical feedback that was a little bit harder to swallow. You know, I've, I've worked and I think I've grown a lot through my professional career and personal experiences in receiving feedback uh, as a person who is like just very naturally uh, sensitive to, to criticism. You know, I've, I've worked really intentionally on this. And, you know, one way I was just not expecting to receive it was when I was like scrolling through my For You page on TikTok and I came across someone that was, you know, asking for advice on how they could handle a conflict with their therapist. And I realized that was my client. <laughs> and I was a therapist. You saw <laughs> your client <sighs> yeah. on TikTok. And it was like, it was too late before it registered. I was already watching. I was already there. And I was like, I, what do you do? <laughs> Freeze and listen oh and then God. process all of it. Can you, I what did they say? Oh, was gosh. it can yeah. you give us the scene like can you describe this tiktok for us you know without identifying yeah. information like i'm assuming it's someone i'm holding uh, if you can see the video if you're on youtube you can see like you're holding your phone out in front of you is someone speaking to the camera what are you watching and what's going okay. through your head yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna set the scene for you so it was a long day of work uh you know as, as we do as therapists sometimes when we sign off we just like want to sign off mentally too you know and i just got all cozy on my couch with my tiktok and i was scrolling and uh i I expect to be on the therapy side of TikTok. You know, I, I love yeah. all of that stuff, even outside of sessions. But um, yeah, I came across this TikTok and, and they were talking about how their therapist said something that like really, you know, didn't sit right with them and they could really use some advice about how to address it with them. Um, and this, I mean, completely took me by surprise given like who the client was and everything um, because I... I had no clue that something was wrong, you know, in our last session, I didn't pick up on it. Uh, but I will say that the thing about this client is that uh, we've been working on some chronic people pleasing and fawning behaviors. And so, yeah, in the process, I figured out that actually this makes a lot of sense. Um, but so the thing that, yeah, the thing that they were struggling with was my use of the term codependence. So I already kind of try to steer clear of that term right now. It's like a hot term, I feel like, on, on social media. And um, a lot of people have different feelings about it. And I had tried to say something along the lines of, you know, like when we're exploring how this client continues to find themselves in relationships that are toxic and harmful for them, I asked, like, do you think it 
it could be a situation where maybe codependence is happening on like a macro or long-term level, you know, like, do you feel comfortable being in a relationship where you're not fawning, you know? Um, and I guess I got my answer to that because yeah, they fawned through the session and I had no clue that they had a problem with what I said. Yeah. Talk about a parallel I'm process. Just, yeah. Scrolling and, and come across it. And yeah, oh, lots so of shock thoughts. factors. Yeah. I was going to say, I can imagine that would have felt like a gut punch of like, yes. oh my gosh, First of all, seeing a client come up on your free page, that'd be my first, like, oh my gosh. And then second, it's like, oh my gosh, they're talking about me. And then like not, you know, catching it in the session, which I'm sure, you know, no matter what you did, if they're not presenting it, we are not mind readers, but I can only imagine like the wave of emotions that you must have felt in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can walk you through that too, you know? So I, the first feeling honestly was like, almost anger and violation. You know, I was just like sitting here trying to enjoy my time outside of work and then work pops across my screen, you know? And, uh, then I guess like fear of like, oh my gosh, did I like do something? Like I checked all of the settings, like privacy settings on my TikTok to make sure like it wasn't picking up on like a contact number or something. Like there wasn't a reason it was coming across. And then, yeah. Yeah. When I realized that it was just the universe, I guess, like sending that my way back to, you know, a little bit of, you know, discomfort or, or whatnot. But um, I actually quickly kind of landed in a place where I was, it was a complicated gratitude, I'll call it, of like, you know, I, I was thankful that I now have this information, right? Something I say all the time is like, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just information that's going to inform how we move forward. So I had to apply that here. And also grateful that like my client was utilizing their support network, you know, to, to help them work through something that was going on. And that's like in the treatment plan, you know, that we have made together. So I, I had to be thankful for that too. But yeah, at the same time, certainly wishing that that feedback had been uh, de- delivered in a, in a different way. Let's pause here for a quick ad break. By the way, the number one support for those of us asking ourselves, am I a bad therapist? Our clinical consultation groups. If you don't have one yet, join us on the Teletherapist Network for unlimited peer consultation groups, including a lot of different specialty groups like clinicians of color, LGBTQ+, couples counseling, EMDR. And of course, Creativity in the Clinical Room hosted by me, Allie. Plus masterclasses, media leads, and everything else you need for an ethical, modern clinical practice. Join us at teletherapistnetwork.com. Hey, listeners. It's Catherine here, and I'm coming to you today because Allie's not the best at bragging on herself, and I want to remind you all that she has an incredible resource available for free at her website, cccs.care. Allie's Creative Intervention Library is full of easy interventions that even non-art therapist clinicians like me can use with clients of all ages. Every intervention has a list of materials, an entire process video where you watch Allie doing it, and a written description and steps so you can follow along at home. Plus, she even has a list of diagnoses that might find this creative intervention helpful. So if you want to access a totally free library of interventions for when you feel stuck with clients, check out Allie's website cccs.care and sign up for free today. Well, let's loop back to the show. 
I'm really impressed, Kaylin, that yes. you were able to get to a place of what you call complicated gratitude that quickly. So uh, admirable. I, I'm sitting here saying, yep, I see it. I think that's logical. I, but I'm also still in the place of what? Like, I, I'm still reactive to it. And yeah. so how did you get from that place of reactivity, of of shame and questioning to, oh, wait, like, they're doing what I've been trying to help them do this whole time, but it's so that they could give me feedback. Yeah. I mean, like you mentioned the shame and I guess I, I glossed over that one, but yeah, it was there. I mean, I didn't look too hard at anything, but I'll say there was a K in the amount of like views and likes. And so like, this was something that was certainly going around. Um, but you know what, funnily enough, what kind of helped me process through it was, you know, something that y'all talk about on this podcast a lot of, you know, we're human and we're not always going to say the perfect thing. And, you know, as I reached out to talk to some of my supervisors and, you know, people that I trusted about the situation, they told me the same thing of, you know, like you can't always say the perfect thing. And that got me thinking about like some of the like silly off the cuff stuff that I've said in, in the moment, like maybe, you know, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how that landed, but yeah. later on, like ended up being happy that I said it. And I actually made a, a TikTok of, you know, kind of making light of some of those things that I'll say, I'll give you an example of like, move forward with the confidence of a mediocre white man. And that was actually my first TikTok that got any traction and any views and it kind of blew up. And it was just, I think maybe another sign from the universe that like, okay, yeah, like, it's okay to say, you know, silly things sometimes as a therapist, it all depends in the situation. And Humanity is an important part of our job. Yes, it absolutely is. And like you said, that is a theme that we talk about all the time is that we are humans. We aren't like robots coming off of the script. Like there are times that we say something that lands. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'm still just, again, like with Catherine, I'm still just in mad. Like I'm still in the reactive place of this is just so I like I wonder what the odds are of like your client coming up on your for you page. Um, So you've shared that you saw it, you went through your own kind of processing your thoughts. What happened next? Did this come up in session? What did you do with this information that you were happy to receive? Happy to receive. This may be a tiny bit of a stretch. Maybe, yeah. Yes. Complicatedly grateful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a better way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I... Well, the, the first thing, like, somatically I did was, like, kind of throw my phone down yeah. after I watched it. Yeah, like, I was like, I'm never getting on TikTok again because, yeah, like, what are the odds? What are the chances? Um, I definitely went through, like, so many scenarios in my head of how I wanted to handle this. And my first instinct actually was, like, I got to talk about this. Like, there's no way I can just show up to session and pretend, like, I didn't see this and this didn't rock my world and it's not impacting the therapeutic rapport and relationship, right? Like I could counter transfer, like all of this stuff was going into my, into my processing. And yeah, my first thought was that I, I can't, I can't show up to the session and just like pretend like that didn't happen. And then, yeah, after consulting with a couple of people and, and processing the whole humanity bit, I, and, and also like the harm that could be caused. I think my worst fear was that I brought it up and the client like didn't believe me that because the odds are so wild that like it just came across my page and, you know, had this underlying suspicion whether they said it or not that I would, you know, seek out their social media or anything like that. But, you know, I, I think that we all get that, you know, 
that urge sometimes as therapists, especially with like new clients, but I tell myself the same thing every time. It makes it more complicated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it just makes it more complicated. I didn't even consider, I I, I considered the rapport impact, but I hadn't considered the idea that the client could interpret that as you searching for them. And that's a really good point Um, because this video was public. And that's a piece that I think, I, I don't know if you've touched on, what was it like knowing that this video about you, while not, I assume they did not mention your name, correct? No. Thankfully, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, this comment was out there with thousands of people either liking or commenting on it. I mean, in my head, the script might have been something along the lines of, now everyone knows I'm a bad therapist. What was, because what we do is so behind closed doors that this, and this was out there so publicly, like, did you have any whiplash? What was that like to go from, you know, private therapy to, oh my gosh, this is out there in the public and my client is talking about me? Yeah. One, another important piece to, I guess, what they were struggling with about the, the term codependence is I I think this is kind of the narrative that's, that's hot on social media right now is that it's like the term is rooted in white supremacy. So that was also mm-hmm. kind of a scary mm-hmm. bit to it and that like I take I try my best with anti-racist work and I'm always learning. And so there was that whiplash moment of like, oh, I maybe haven't been doing, you know, the work as well as I think. But, you know, even though this was not a client of color, I always try to make sure that I'm taking that input seriously and yeah, looking at what I can do to, to learn from it and grow from it. So. I went to researching like the term codependence and white supremacy and and all of that. And like, yeah, there's some validity. And, you know, I think some therapists might perpetuate white supremacy Mm -hmm. by like telling clients to cut off, you know, support or complicated supports, you know, Mm -hmm. or family members. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that can be harmful, but I was kind of grounded in going back to the treatment plan that we've created together and reading through again, like it was in the treatment plan stuff about building community and utilizing social supports and that just yeah helped me kind of find the level ground on it that's again very very impressive like I'm so admirable of your thought process like how you arrive at these things I this reminds me very recently I had a situation come up that was a little different but I had information shared with me um Mm. about a client's thoughts on like their therapy sessions rapport from somebody else and I mean, Catherine was one of the first people that I called and I went to my network to try to process it and come to that same kind of discussion of like, also, I internalized it to the millionth degree. Um, But like, do I bring this into the therapy room? Like, how do we address this now that we have this information? And it always depends, like we always say. Um, So it sounds like from your situation, it, I agree, well, not that there's a right or wrong, but like, I can see where it comes from of like, it didn't make sense to bring it into the therapy room. Definitely admire your point too of like it could have like been like oh my gosh did they search for me that kind of thing um so you didn't bring it into the therapy room but did it come up with your client if you can share yeah so thankfully I didn't end up having to muscle through our next session because I got an email the night before (laughs) outlining their concerns and you know like it was very well put together and like they advocated for themselves and that yeah made my little therapist heart so happy and so proud. And I was able to, you know, like send a quick response, but then we were able to bring it back up in session. And I was able to, you know, like take some accountability of like, you know what, I could have chosen a better way to say that, you know, and I'm going to consider that moving forward. And you're right. Like we are 
we are emphasizing the community support in, in here and we're gonna, you know, continue to go back to that. And yeah, it felt much more resolved after that. What a beautiful gift that this client gave you to to work through this, use their community support in a very public way, but that you accidentally stumbled upon. But they they really did follow through and come to you with their thoughts outlined. And who knows that that TikTok post maybe gave them the confidence or the language or the help that they needed, whatever they were looking for to approach their therapist with with feedback like that's wow it's so cool and I always tell clients I'm like this is the the place to practice that stuff Mm -hmm. you know like it's Mm -hmm. gonna be hard to approach like you know your mom or or your partner sometimes but like this is the place to do it and so something and I, I kind of let the client know this that I'm implementing with you know all of my clients that um, struggle with people pleasing and, and fawning is because I, I asked my, myself the question, like, how do I you know, prevent this from happening again in the sense of like, I didn't even know that there was a problem or a challenge until I saw the TikTok. So now I ask at the end of all of those sessions, like, how do you feel about everything we talked about today? I love that. Yeah, I take a very similar approach with my clients. I say it kind of like in the beginning and intakes. I'm like, you know, this is your time, your hour. Mm-hmm. Like this is – I want it to be what you need. And I'm like, I always welcome feedback. I always want to know what you're thinking. I check in periodically. So I feel like it can be a, that tool that I hope empowers them to share. And I say too, I'm yeah. like, yeah, if you can't say it to my face, send me an email. Send me a text. That's okay too because like, it can be hard to say it the first time to my face. Like that's okay too. So I think practicing that and modeling it can be so helpful. Um, but I love that you kind of took that from this experience and then, you know, implemented that moving forward. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks. Good try. And, you know, I think this episode, I don't think we have set it up until now, but it really highlights a unique part, probably not unique, I'm sure other professions have this too, but when we can get very triggered in our work, like our work comes with emotional hazards and it is, this story really hits home the importance of having our supports in place so that we can work through our emotional responses that come up in work so that they don't bleed into the therapy room and take away from or take from um, or impact or otherwise skew the, the treatment of our, of our clients. Now, you know, it's not saying it never comes into the therapy room, but having those supports to process it, to be able to get that space, to have that space held for you so that you can make a thoughtful response to this reaction um, is so big. And we, I think we could have a whole, multiple episodes on, you know, I think the phrase was rocked our world. Like, what do we do when a client does or says something that rocks our world and they don't know they rocked our world? I think that's an experience that almost every therapist, if you haven't gone through it, it you will get your world will get rocked by a client and you're not going to know what to do with that. And it, it, there's no right answer. You have to process it with your with your supports. Right, exactly. <laughs> but this is a really, really good example of things that you cannot predict that will rock your world. And and I, I think you're uh, your turnaround time, your refractory time to go from that reaction to that thoughtful response is just so impressive. Um, can you tell us about how you've built your supports around you as you've built your career and who did you go to when this happened? Oh my gosh, a good question. And I want to, I want to start off by saying like, I guess I didn't realize how, or I, I think that this highlights like 
the role that TikTok can play in these things. And mm. you know, I think that's another important thing to talk about because again, there's so many different opinions on it mm-hmm. and the way that it impacts mental health. And yeah, there obviously can be a lot of harm that can be done if used in a certain way. But this also kind of, you know, showed me that also if used in, a, in another certain way, it can be really helpful and, and healing, you know, for the client and for, you know, how it kind of showed up for me. And so yeah, I think that like getting back in the saddle per se, as I was processing all of that was a huge support. Um, but also, yeah, I've just had to be super intentional about like building my supports up since I began this whole thing. I'll say it doesn't hurt that my older sister is, you know, best friend, role model and social worker, like went to the same social work school as me and started off at, you know, Department of Social Services as well. And um, is now, you know, doing kind of nonprofit macro stuff, but she's always, you know, my person that I go to because she knows me the best and she knows the field and the work. And um, I also am so, so blessed to have, you know, a, a great, you know, couple of supervisors, I guess, official and, and otherwise and, and mentors in the field. Um, Krista, who, you know, works with me and um, runs Precision Mental Health with her husband, Pam. They're both fantastic. Like I've, I've been so blessed. I'm so lucky to work for people that, you know, are just there if I need to call and, and talk through a client situation or, you know, otherwise. And that is just, yeah, I can't, I can't do without my support system and this job. It makes it possible, but it's also something that I love about this job is you like, you have to be your work in a way. Of course we won't work boundaries and stuff like that. And we're not therapists all the time, but it's one of the only jobs that kind of requires the self-work, you know, yeah. of like making sure that you have supports mm-hmm. and making sure that you're utilizing all your coping mm-hmm. mechanisms and making sure that you're processing things, you know, the best that you can mm-hmm. and the time that you can. And I really think that contributes to like the quality of how we're able to serve the people we work with. Yeah. And the quality of our lives in general. Yeah, true. Yeah. Very true. Well, I'd like that with a great segue into the question we ask all of our guests. If someone was going through an experience, like maybe like Catherine said, like that rocked their world, like that was just very shocking information they received about a client, um, what advice would you give them? I mean, I would probably have to echo some of the really good advice that I got during the situation of like, you're human. You're not always going to say the right thing, you know, in a job where we're saying so much right like the amount of words that comes out of our mouth and a given work day is like just ridiculous we we can't like always put that kind of pressure on ourselves and like yeah we have to still acknowledge the weight that our words hold and receive that feedback and be open to it and see it as just information that's going to inform how we move forward and try to grow from it you know that's that's really all we can do so well said. That is such great advice. Well, thank you for sharing that. And Kaylin, if any of our listeners want to connect with you outside of the podcast, where can they find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok. And both of my handles are just Kaylin Wholesome Healing. That's a beautiful handle. I love that. Thank you. Wholesome is kind of my whole thing. You know, like I said, we all deserve that wholesome yes. space to just be who we are. So. I think it should be a fourth human need. I'm going to start a campaign. Yes, I agree. I'm behind it. Well, Kaylin, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Although it might not be one that hopefully it doesn't come up for anybody else. But (laughs) fingers crossed. Really, really good advice and sharing your experience of how to handle just that 
abrupt coming out of nowhere, rocking your world of the, of the therapy space. And also being able to look back and say, you know what, like, this isn't about me. This is about their work and it's a good thing. So thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. This was awesome. So good to be you guys. Thank you. And that's it. The OG bad therapists, Allie and Catherine are signing off for the week. Make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We pick a few lucky five-star reviewers to shout out and invite for a 15-minute consultation with the both of us to talk about anything on your mind. From clinical work to podcasting, we're game. Just make sure to leave us your name and location in the review. Are you a bad therapist and want to be on the show? Go to abadtherapist.com and tell us your story. Our podcast is produced and edited by my amazing husband, Austin Joy. He also created the music for our intro and outro. You can find this song, along with many others, on any music platform under the artist Air for Effect. And if you're a bad therapist starting your own podcast or wanting to level up the one you already have, contact Austin for his full suite of podcast and sound production services. You can find him on Instagram at Air for Effect. And don't forget, we're all bad therapists.